0: for joining us and if you're joining us via live stream thank you so much for being committed to doing these 21 days of prayer with us just as a quick reminder of our structure I'm going to give just a short just a short encouragement about prayer and just an expectation that God wants to do miracles and then we're going to break up into uh, we'll do another worship song Then we're doing 25 minutes of personal prayer, and what we want to encourage you to do is come down and grab these prayer requests that are just at the front of the altar here, and to just use your faith to believe with them that God's going to do the miraculous in their lives, and then we'll do another uh, worship song, and we'll finish up with 10 minutes of just corporate prayer, all of us praying together in unity, and it'll be good. So thank you for joining us um, here in person and online. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 14 and 15, the Apostle Paul says, for Christ's love compels us because we are convinced that one died for all and therefore all died, and he died for all that those who live should no longer live for themselves but for him who died for them and was raised again. The Apostle Paul says that it's Christ's love that compels us. This actually brought to my mind uh, the story from Matthew chapter 9, verses uh, 36 through 38 is what I'm going to read. And it goes like this. It says, when he saw the crowds, Jesus, when he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. And then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. So ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out his workers into his harvest field." Jesus looks at the crowds of people that are hurting and in need of a miracle, and the Bible says that he's filled with compassion for them, and his response to this feeling of compassion is to teach us to pray. To teach us to pray that God would send someone out to be his rescuers, to be his shepherds to these people. Now here's where I want to go with this. Paul in 2 Corinthians says it's Christ's love that compels us, but look look at Paul's starting point. It's in Acts chapter seven, Verse 57, all the way through Acts chapter 8, verse 3, just, just check this out. It says, at this they covered their ears, the preaching of Stephen, they covered their ears and yelling at the top of their voices, they all rushed at him, dragging him out of the city and began to stone him. This is Stephen, the first martyr of the church. It says, meanwhile, the witnesses laid their coats at the feet of a young man named Saul. This Saul is the same guy who would become the Apostle Paul. It says that while they were stoning him, Stephen prayed, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. And then he fell on his knees and cried out, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. When he had said this, he fell asleep, and Saul approved of their killing him. On that day... A great persecution broke out against the church in Jerusalem, and all except the apostles were scattered throughout Judea and Samaria. Godly men buried Stephen and mourned deeply for him. But Saul began to destroy the church, and going from house to house, he dragged off both men and women and put them in prison. (laughs) Paul started, I mean, if you're going to pick somebody to answer the prayer of Jesus, the Lord send people out to care for those that are hurting and broken Saul is not your guy unless he's had an encounter with Jesus. And once he's had an encounter with Jesus, it's why not him? His life is so radically changed by the compassion that Jesus shows him, by the love that Jesus shows him, that Paul's the one telling us, hey, it is the love of Jesus that compels us to action now. Can I just share with you, church, that the love of Jesus always compels us towards others? It's always moving us beyond ourselves in the direction of other people. And I just love, I love that the scriptures let us know that Saul, this Saul, wait a minute, isn't that a guy, he's the one that approved of the, the killing of the first martyr. The first guy to die for, for believing in Jesus, Saul was the one that approved of that. And then Saul was so inspired, apparently, at the murder of Stephen that he decides to go get official letters to just go start murdering all sorts of people and literally destroy the church of God. And God said, that's who I want to use. I wonder how many of us are really comfortable with being in the background when God's actually trying to move you to the foreground of going out and being his rescuers. Like, we can come up with excuses for ourselves. I got plenty for myself God, I just really was not, like, I've got too much history. You know, i got too much back. I've failed you too many times. I'm not your guy. And Paul's sitting there screaming, hey, dude, did you ever, like, you know, destroy the church actively? No, Paul, I didn't. He's like, then Christ's love compels you, son. Get out there. What is your problem? What are you waiting on? And so, church, what I want to do tonight, what I want to encourage us all to do is just, just say, God, why not us? Why? If you could use Paul, you can use me. If you, God, why not right now, as we pray over these prayer requests, why not right now miracles start to take place in these people's lives? Why can't it happen? He could use Paul, a murderer, the church destroyer, and he could say, son, I'm going to, you're going to go out there. You're going to write the most, you're going to write more of the New Testament than anybody else. The the same guy who destroyed the church is going to be the one that does the most to build it. That's wild. We got to. I just, we got to elevate our thinking a little bit. Because prayer is great, and that's the first thing that we should do. I just want to encourage you, we're going to pray tonight. But if you just keep reading in Matthew's gospel, Jesus teaches his disciples, hey, look out, look and see with my eyes. There's a lot of hurting, broken people. Tonight, you're going to lift up a lot of prayer requests of people that are in need of a touch. They're the ones that Jesus looks on with compassion and says they need somebody. You get to be that for them today. But can I just remind you that we go right from that, Jesus teaching them to pray, to Matthew chapter 10 when Jesus actually looks at them boys and goes, now get out there and go do something. <laughs> and, and it would be easy for them to just be like, Jesus, we're going to pray for people to go do it. And she's like, no. No, 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 what I lead you to pray for, I'm also leading you to fulfill. Get out there. Church, what I want to encourage us to do is to not just be satisfied with praying for miracles, But to start praying and saying, Lord, how are you sending me out to rescue people? Because one of our big prayers, one of our big prayers, and this is Paul's point, the love of Christ compels us to go out and tell people about what Jesus did for them. One of our big prayers over this 21 days is that we start seeing the lost get found. We want to see lost people get saved every single service we have in this building. How many of you want to see that too? Yeah, Jesus wants to see it too. And Jesus is saying, yeah, pray for people to go out and work the fields because they're ready for harvest. And then the next sentence, Jesus says,
1: hey, you go work the
0: fields. Praying is great, but let's also carry that out when we leave this room tonight. Let's let's let the Holy Spirit give us the eyes of Jesus to look out and see people that are hurting and need a touch from us. Let's not be satisfied with just praying for miracles when Jesus is calling us to go out and bring a miracle to somebody else's life. But what if I don't have the faith for it? I don't know. Paul murdered people in the church I think you've got enough faith like if that guy could turn you know what I'm saying like everything that you need Jesus has already given you so let's pray passionately and let's believe that as we pray God's going to do a miracle you got if we're not going to believe it why are we praying it Jesus prayed and then we get Paul we get this story. Go, Lord, raise up people to send out in the harvest field. And then out of nowhere, the worst candidate possible. God's just like, well, that guy looks great. You look great too. You, you look like the exact kind of person that Jesus wants to just change the world with. I'm just telling you. So let's pray tonight for these prayer requests. Let's pray in faith that as we pray, God, we just believe that you're responding to these people, that you're going to do a miracle in these people's lives. We believe it. That's why we're here. That's why we're doing this. That's why we're praying this. But, Jesus, we don't want to stop at prayer. As we go to work tomorrow, give us your eyes. We want to look out at the crowds around us at our workplaces, maybe at the schools that we work at, whatever it is. We want to look at them and we want to see them through your eyes. How do they need a touch from heaven? And then use me. Use me. I, I'm willing, Lord, to be your hands, to be your feet, to be your voice to these people's lives. If they need provision, give it to me so I can give it to them. Like, I just want to be a steward of, of my time and my time. I want to do it for your glory. Paul said, it's Christ's love that compels us because we are convinced that one died for all and therefore all died. And he died for all that those who live should no longer live for themselves but for him who died for them and was raised again. We wanna be sent ones who are going on mission that no matter what we do with our lives, wherever we work, whatever our daily life looks like, that we realize, just like Paul, who was radically transformed by the love of Jesus, that he's not going meaninglessly. He's going on purpose to represent Jesus to a lost world. Amen? So let's remember that as we're praying. We're praying in faith, believing that God is doing a miracle, and that as we leave, God's going to give us eyes to go out and do the miracles out where the people are lost and broken. Amen. Let's worship Jesus one more time before a personal prayer. If you'd stand up with me.
1: Short, I got nothing. New. How could I express all my gratitude? I could sing these songs as I often do, but every song must stay.
0: Yeah, hallelujah. So we're going to enter our corporate prayer time. I'm going to just kind of lead us through a prayer, but as I do, I want you to be praying pray out loud. You don't have to be yelling or anything like that, but we want you to pray audibly. As I just kind of lead us, as the Lord just drops stuff on your heart, you pray with us, okay? Father, in the name of Jesus, your word says that it is the love of Jesus that compels us. So we want to take a moment to just reflect on the love that you have shown us. So church, right now, I want you to just think of the ways that God is pouring his love out into your life. Be very specific and start thanking the Lord for it. Say, God, this is how you've shown me your love. Father, I thank you that when I was at my darkest place, Father, when I felt like giving up on everything. Lord, I thank you that you showed up in that moment, Father, and you pulled me up out of that pit. God, you told me that I was never alone, that you were always with me. Father, I thank you for showing me your love like that, God. So many times my life was in danger. I I had been injured or hurt and was close to death. But Father, you showed me mercy and you rescued me and you healed and you restored me. Father, I thank you for showing me your love, God, like that. God, I thank you. God, I thank you that when I felt like I'd made too many mistakes, Father. God, that you loved me and you forgave me, and you restored me, and you said it's not over until I say it's over. Let's keep moving. God, I thank you that you poured your love out over and over and over. Your love for me is just so good, Father. Church, just thank Him for his love. We just thank you so much for your love, Jesus. God, I pray right now over our church, Father, that you would do what Paul prayed over the church in Ephesus, Father, that you would give us eyes, Father, that you would open the eyes of our understanding, that we could know just how high and wide and long and deep is your great love for us, Father. We won't do more for you than the revelation of your love that we have. So, Father, just give us a greater revelation of your love for us, Father, that we would be compelled by your love to go out and love our neighbors the way that you have loved us, Father. We need a greater revelation of your love. So, just keep pouring it out on us, Father. Keep pouring it out on us, Father. Now, God, right now, your love compels us to go out and to reach people for your glory, to go out and be the hands and feet and voice of Jesus to those around us. So we want to think through right now, church, we want to think through where our life takes us on a day-to-day basis, to our workplaces, our coworkers, our bosses. We want to think through when we stop to get gas. We want to think through those restaurants that we eat at frequently. We want to think of when we go home to our families. And we want to start praying that the Lord would lead us to love them and point them to Jesus in all those different areas. So just start praying through your specific day and ask the Lord to give you a heart to minister to the people that you encounter. So, Father, I pray that, God, as I go to get gas, Lord, as I go to get gas, that you give me a heart for the clerk working behind the station, Father. God, that you would give me eyes to see the needs in their lives, Father, that I would be motivated by your love to just show them your love in and through my life, Father. I thank you that you give me provision to do that. God, I thank you for my workplace, God. I pray that that I'm a vessel of your love and your generosity generosity and your care to the people that I work with every day, Father, you send me there on purpose I'm not just accidentally going through life we're living intentionally for the one who died for us and rose again Father, I pray that when I go home to my family, God that I'm ministering to them that I'm loving them the way that you love them, Father, that they see Jesus in me, Father, that they would find hope in Jesus because of my presence in their life because I'm carrying your love with me everywhere that I go. Father, we pray for those relationships. Father, within our families that are broken right now, God, we pray that you would just, your love would compel us to love beyond ourselves, Father, that we would love beyond arguments and disagreements. God, that we would just love, that love would just pour out of us everywhere that we go because your love is so great in our lives. We thank you for that, Lord. God, we pray for our neighborhoods. God, we lift up our neighbors to you, Father, those neighbors that we don't even know yet. God, you've, you've appointed us for such a time as this. You've positioned us in the neighborhoods that we live in. We're not there by chance, Father. Your hand has guided us. So, Father, we lift our neighbors up to you, and we ask you to give us your eyes. Jesus could look out at the crowd and see the needs give us eyes to see the needs father and then give us hearts that are motivated by your love to go and meet them father God help us to overcome the uncomfortableness father of of saying the first words to our neighbors that we don't know God help us to not be shy but to be bold because we're carrying the greatest news ever with us God I thank you that we don't have to have all the answers All we have to do is tell people what you've done for us, Father. That's the only message we need to share is this is how God has poured his love out into my life and he can do the same for you. God, help us to love our neighbors. Help us to live on purpose, with intention. God, to see everything is designed by you, that it's not happenstance. Compel us, Father, to go and live for you and for your glory, to believe, God, that you will work through us in those situations, in those circumstances and in those relationships. Father, right now, we just want to pray as a church. I just want to invite you to pray if there's any, if there's been any hesitancy in your life to share Jesus with others. Maybe you don't feel like you know what to say when you encounter them. Maybe you don't, maybe you don't feel confident enough. Maybe you're super introverted. And that the whole idea just I want you to just start lifting that up. Just say, Lord, this is how I feel about it. But I know that you've sent me. I know that you want to show yourself through me. I know that it's through me that you're making your appeal to a lost world, that Jesus prayed that I would go and do this, that I would go and be his hands and be his feet and be his voice. So just give it to the Lord and just let him know. I'm shy. I'm nervous. I'm scared. I'm intimidated to do these things. But you want me to, so give me your love that compels me beyond my fear, beyond my my hesitation, beyond my shyness. God, give me your love. Father, I surrender it to you, God. This is what you want me to do with my life. You want me to just live for your glory. So, Father, we surrender it to you. We surrender it, and we ask you to help us overcome those things in our life that would keep us from doing your will and your purpose, God, for our lives. We just want to show the world your love. We want to show the world your love, Father. Your love compels us. It compels us. Father, we pray for provision. God, as we go, you sent the disciples out. You sent them out and you told them not to take anything for the journey, that everything would be provided for them. Freely they had received, freely they can give. Father, we just thank you that you... Bring all grace into our lives so that we can abound into every good work. Church, right now, I just want you to start thanking God that he has given you everything that you need, all the provision you need to go and be the hands, feet, and voice of Jesus. The Lord is providing it to you, and I want you to just take a moment to just thank him for it. In fact, I want you to think of specific needs. If you know of specific needs of people in your life where they need a touch from heaven, whether it's financially, whatever it is, I want you to just start thanking God that he has equipped you to go and meet those needs needs, that he has given you grace to abound unto every good work. Just thank him for it and name those situations specifically. Father, we just lift those things up to you, God. Those Those specific neighbors that that are in need, that we can go and minister them, give them groceries, Father, that we can help them pay their their gas bill this month, Father. Maybe their their kids need new clothes, and you you can move us to do that, Father. Maybe there's a family down the street from us that's battling some sickness, some disease, Father. We can go and carry the hope of Jesus, the promises of eternal life to them, Father. Help us to be compelled by your love to do these things for our neighbors, God. You have put us there to be your light in dark places, Father. May we not shy away from it. God, we just lift every one of these situations up to you, Father, as we're just going throughout our day, and we encounter people who need a touch from heaven, Father. We thank you that all grace has been given to us to abound unto every good work that we're not going to lack when we live generously. We're not going to lack when we live generously, Father. You are stewarding your resources through our lives, Father, and we thank you for it, God. We thank you that we can go in confidence, God, that you've got us, that we can do everything that you ask of us, Father, without fear, without fail. God, you're with us. God, we just thank you for it. We thank you for it. We thank you for it. God, you're so good. You're so good. You're so good, God. Lord, I'm just reminded of the woman at the well She went and told everyone, this man told me everything I've ever done. The only thing she had to offer was the story of what you had done for her. God, may we have faith like that. God, just fill us with boldness to go and tell people what you've done for us. Fill us with boldness. Fill us with boldness, Father. Church, just for the last last minute here, I want us to pray and just lift up the prodigals and the lost sheep in our families. Just lift them up. Jesus is the good shepherd that leaves the 99 to find the one. Jesus, we're asking you to go find our lost sheep. Go find our prodigals. God, bring them home. And prepare us to be ready to celebrate and throw the feast and grab the robes and the rings and the fattened calves, Father. God, prepare our hearts for the return of the prodigals and the lost sheep. But, Father, we're asking for them. If you have a prodigal or a lost sheep, you just start naming them out and say, Jesus, find this one. Jesus, find this one. Father, I just call them out right now. Father, all those lost sheep, all those prodigals, Father, it doesn't matter how far they've gone. It doesn't matter how deep into sin they've gone. Jesus can find every last one of them. So Jesus, be the good shepherd. Go and find these lost sheep and these prodigals. And we thank you for it, Jesus. We thank you for it. Your love compels us to go because you're the one already out there doing it. And we thank you for it. Lord, send us out in Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen and amen. All right, church, thank you for being with us tonight. We'll see you tomorrow night at 6 p.m. Be blessed, be safe, be a sent one.